This is Unfiltered, episode 76 for November 20th, 2013. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. But I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. On this episode of Unfiltered, 50 years ago this week, John F. Kennedy, the 35th President of the United States, was assassinated, creating one of America's most famous conspiracies, and for good reasons. We'll put this tragic event in some historical context and examine the less discussed aspects of the assassination. But first, while the NSA spends the week in court defending their programs, new documents detail their out-of-control nature and the NSA's secret agreement to wholesale spy on UK citizens. Then it's your feedback, our follow-up, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we're willing, unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. And the others, too. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Unfilter, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you should not be watching. I'm Chase Nunes, and joining me, as always, on this very somber episode, Mr. Chris Fisher. Hello there, Mr. Chase. Hey, buddy. Happy, uh, well, not so and happy. That's why I said somber. Yeah. That's But, That was know, from his uh, his big speech about NASA that was and a great going choice. to the moon. And that's it, a really good, interesting, uh, show you what a uh, interesting contrast uh, JFK is as a historical such, figure. Such an impact yeah. that, that he had on... You know, he obviously he was president well long before we were both born. Right. Uh, but the the his impact in regards to science, technology, space, there's a lot of aspects that a lot of people don't usually think about when they associate JFK. Yeah. You know, and I do. That is really interesting because uh, this obviously way beyond uh, our time. But uh, I was saying on the pre-show that I feel like in some ways JFK was the previous generation's 9/11. It was it yeah. it was a country-altering event, and it's something that's followed around the world. And so this week is the 50th anniversary of that. And here's what we figured. 
Uh, you guys are going to hear a lot about this from all of the networks. They're all ramping up their coverage right now. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we thought we would just take a, a little time here in our show to look back with the uh, lens of history and pull out some of the things that people aren't going to be talking about as much. Sort of the practice here on the Unfiltered Show. This is what? Not, this, we you know, we're not, we don't have an agenda, as it were, Chase. But uh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, but I do think there are some interesting aspects to cover. It'll be an interesting intellectual pursuit. And as a couple yeah. of guys, this where this is beyond our time. It's fascinating to look back. Now, um, you know, some personal background. This is an episode that I've been preparing for for about a year. I never was really quite sure if I would turn it into an episode or if I would just use it to sort of color in my background understanding of past political events. But with the anniversary here and the opportunity in the news cycle to sort of go back to an older style and filter show where we go heavy into a topic, yeah. um, I thought it would be a good chance. Now, I don't want to go crazy in with the format, so of course we do have to start with our traditional NSA coverage. Yeah, what is Dog this, with uh, a bone. Was this week 76? That's right, yeah, something like that. that. Jeez. Uh, so uh, why don't we start with the NSA's uh, tough week in court. And we begin here in Washington, D.C., at the D.C. District Courthouse, where a judge heard oral arguments today in a case to put an end to some of the NSA's spying activities. The two issues at hand were the NSA's bulk telephone metadata collection program, which we know targets millions of Americans, as well as the NSA's collection of Americans' Internet data under its PRISM program. Both programs were revealed by Edward Snowden. U.S. District Court Judge Richard Leon summoned Department of Justice lawyers to defend those programs against Larry Klayman, a lawyer for the conservative group Freedom Watch. He's filed two lawsuits against the NSA and is asking for a broad preliminary injunction to put an end to those programs immediately. And this appears to be a case that Judge Leon is very much interested in hearing. Back in October, as government lawyers pushed for delays, Judge Leon lashed out, saying, I don't want to hear anything about vacations, weddings, days off. Forget about it. This is a case at the pinnacle of public national interest. Pinnacle. All hands, 24-7, no excuses. The Department of Justice, the NSA, the allied government agencies that have an interest in this have had four months to think through its position. That's a lot of time. An interesting note about Judge Leon. In 2008, he ordered the release of five Algerians detained at Guantanamo Bay, citing the government had no evidence proving they were terrorists. Now, one of the main issues in this case, beyond the constitutionality of these spy programs, is whether or not the D.C. District Court has the authority to overrule the opinions of the top-secret FISA court, which has already signed off on these surveillance programs. The ACLU is also challenging the FISA court's decisions on these programs, particularly the phone metadata collection program. Hey on Thursday of this week, a district judge in New York will hear arguments from the ACLU directly targeting the NSA surveillance of millions of Verizon phone users, again, as revealed by the Edward Snowden leaks. So the pressure is starting to mount. Yeah. Several different organizations are going after them. I was following a case where so it looked like it could be on the direction to the Supreme Court. And if it hit the Supreme Court this early in the game, it could kind of fast track some of the stuff. However, Supreme Court swatted that down. But while the NSA lawyers up in district courts this week, it's received a free pass from the highest court in the land. Today, the Supreme Court denied a case brought by the Electronic Privacy Information Center, EPIC, that also challenged the NSA's collection of Verizon phone records. It would have been the first major NSA challenge to be heard by the Supreme Court. Court cases aside, there's another form of backlash the NSA is dealing with since its secrets were dragged into the sunlight. 
The agency says it's seen an enormous surge in open records requests coming from Americans who want to know exactly what the NSA has on them. <laughs> Staff at the NSA Freedom of Information Act and Privacy Act office for this one. are overwhelmed by an 888% increase in open <laughs> records requests wow. since the Edward Snowden revelations. Though Americans who have contacted the agency foreign information have all received the same form letter informing them that the NSA cannot confirm or deny whether or not they're a subject of surveillance. Womp womp. So they just get declined when they say so. So, so why can't uh, why can't those people like well, let's say for example, Chris, we should really submit ours. Yeah, that would be interesting. Although we just get the letter back saying sorry, they can't confirm or or, or not if there's a record. So then no, then uh, can't we sue for your safety? Well, can't we sue because Maybe. under the Freedom of Information yeah, Act? I don't. I I'm sure there's provisions for them to be able to to just declare well national security. We can't. Sorry. And then so so wait, if you're saying in national security, then you are saying that you right. do have something on me. Right. Yeah, because otherwise you'd say no. Right, just say no. Yeah, yeah, and the problem solved, goes away. Now, is this like a CIA or NSA.gov? Is this is simple? where do you submit it? There's is an it? office you submit a letter to, like a request form. But the problem is, is like, can I send it registered? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, the, but the problem is, is like you're not going to get anything. Now, <laughs> this true. came out this week too. Uh, the U.S. and the U.K. struck a secret deal to allow the NSA to quote unquote unmask Britain personal data. The phone and internet and email records of U.K. citizens not suspected of any wrongdoing have been analyzed and stored by the NSA under a secret deal that was approved by the British intelligence officials, according to documents from Edward Snowden. In 2007, the rules were changed to allow the NSA to analyze and retain any British citizen's mobile phone and fax numbers, emails, IP addresses swept up by its dragnet. The communications were incidentally collected by the NSA, meaning individuals are not the initial targets of surveillance and therefore were not suspected of doing any wrongdoing. The NSA has been using the UK data to collect so-called pattern of life or contact chaining analysis under which the agency has to look up, can look up to three hops away of a target of interest, examining the communications of friends of friends and a friend of a friend. The Guardian analysis suggests three hops of a typical, typical Facebook user could pull data of more than 5 million people into the dragnet. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, so that came out this week. Also, Merkel, a little upset still about the whole phone spying thing. Wow. German Chancellor Angela Merkel has spoken before lawmakers in her country about suspected U.S. eavesdropping. She said allegations that agents tapped her cell phone are serious and said she wants an explanation. Merkel made a speech before lawmakers began debating allegations of wide-ranging surveillance by the U.S. National Security Agency. She said that revelations have strained ties between the U.S. and Europe and negotiations on a transatlantic free trade agreement. Oh, we talked about that last week. The allegations are serious and should be investigated. The more important thing is to rebuild trust between our countries for the future. So now they're threatening a little bit. They're sort of teasing. Hey, we might have a problem with that TPP if you yeah, don't get this solved. Yeah, not only that. That's but leverage, I suppose. We're going to need a little bit more. Mm-mm. Yeah, right. So uh, also uh, came out uh, this week the FISA court order that allowed, that enabled the NSA surveillance has been revealed now. And it turns out that the NSA knew it was frequently going outside the guidelines that have been set for them and just continue to do so. And newly declassified documents regarding the NSA's controversial bulk collection program shows that the agency was well aware that it was committing violations. The NSA had actually reported its own violations of surveillance rules to a U.S. intelligence court. 
After doing so, the agency promised to put new safety measures in place to prevent it from ever happening again. However, according to newly released FISA court documents from 2009, we now know that after assuring the court it would adhere to its rules, the agency broke those rules again, what? acknowledging <laughs> it had collected material improperly. Uh, the but, files but include statements from two Nothing. intelligence court judges Nothing. slamming the government for overstepping its boundaries and ignoring privacy protections. This, of course, follows similar admissions from the NSA in September, in which documents revealed the agency had misled the court about the scope of its activities in order to get its approval for the controversial program. So here we are. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, we've been following this now since episode 54. It's yep. pretty clear the NSA, the CIA, the intelligence agencies, they don't answer to anybody. No. They don't answer to the FISA court. They don't care. They don't answer to the executive office. No. They don't offer. They don't answer to the intelligence oversight committees. They don't answer to the American people. They don't even answer the Constitution. Here's how we hurt them. You ready? It's real simple. This this is how you make an impact. You don't give them any more money. Yeah. I mean, and so the way that the system, unfortunately, the way that we can fight that today is uh, procedural, right? We go go through our Congress critters and we say, hey, look, defund. Yeah. And if they don't have funding, they can't do it. Yeah, and in fact, there has been supposedly memos where they're floating around saying, hey, could you come up with defunding plans in case that happens? So they are possibly considering I mean, it. that's the only way we can fight this, but yeah. the only way is we have to continually put the pressure uh, through organizations uh, to do that. You're right. That's you the know, only way. As we get into this JFK discussion today, yeah. uh, I think th- I'm not – I'm not really going to try to say what what happened and try to solve any big mystery, but what I do want to make the case of I was hoping you would. Well, maybe we'll chat at the end and you can you can say. Uh, but I do think what we'll paint the case of this week is how out of control the intelligence agencies are. That's, and here we are, yeah. 50 years out of JF, after JFK's death, and snowballed. Yeah. It has. It, yeah. They have become a a, a industrial machine monster, right? Yeah. I mean, just an absolute monster. And it it is it is interesting and telling too that. Uh, you're right. At this point, it's kind of come down to maybe at best we can defund some of it, and it's really completely out of control. Yeah. They don't they don't listen to anybody. No, and and that's the that's the problem. He's I, I consider like the NSA like a spoiled child. You know, they they get in everything that they want. Mm-hmm. They don't have to answer to anybody. Yeah. They can't get punished because they're they're not going to feel that punishment. They they need to be heard a little bit in the financial sense, and I think that's the way of doing it. So uh, speaking of being hurt in the financial sense, uh, we want to thank our supporters who keep us on the air. Now, yeah. we're trying to get to 333 monthly supporters. Hey-o. Now, the Unfiltered Show is uh, no ads. We have people that offer ads, but we don't take ads. And, of course, this episode is a good example of why, obviously. And uh, we have gotten some new supporters this week. Now, when you become an Unfiltered supporter, you get signed up for the newsletter. That gives you a little behind-the-scenes info about each episode and more information about the episode, additional links, things like that. Also, our BitTorrent sync shares are uh, listed in this newsletter. That goes out after every show. And if you ever have trouble getting your newsletter, just contact Angela at jupiterbroadcasting.com, and we'll get you straightened away if you're a supporter. I want to thank a few new supporters this week, Chase. Yes, sir. Jacob B. Lopez. Dustin S. Stephen A. Kenneth A. Simon C. Norm S. Joshua F. Anthony H. M.M.F. Jonathan D. And Nilis S. And Todd H. Yeah. Bringing us to 263 unfiltered supporters. Very nice. You guys, go check your inbox tonight so you can get the supporter show. We have in in the supporter show this week, we have additional clips. We have, I thought, kind of a pretty pretty wild, bizarre one about the JFK autopsy stuff. 
Uh, we also talked about um, uh, Operation Northwood in there. We also talked about, um, you know, one thing we didn't play, but it's in the sink, is the Brittany Murphy thing. I thought that was just kind of interesting. We did a clip of the uh, Blackwater CEO and and how he's trying to get pinned as a bad guy. Google getting fined by the states and a bunch of other really good stuff that's only found in the supporter show. Plus, Chase did a great look at the situation going on with Boeing right now in Washington State. And it, it really affects uh, nationwide. I mean, it's one of those situations you got to look at. Uh, so this week I'm going to do something a little extra special though. By the way, yeah. Simon Cowell. Is that Simon Cowell? Simon C? Yeah, yeah from, I think from so. X-Factor? Probably. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's a fan. Nice. Uh, so this week I'm going to release, uh, 3.2-ish gigabytes worth of source materials for the research that I did for this, oh these GFK. That's going to be available to everyone. You don't have to be a supporter. Uh, but if you are an Unfiltered supporter, in the newsletter, I'll be giving you the read-write key if you guys want to help me build that archive out even more. Nice. So non-supporters will have the read-only BitTorrent Sync key listed in the show notes. You put that in the BitTorrent Sync client, and it will download a ton of source material that goes way... Okay, I got to say, I got to explain something. There is no way we can do this topic justice. We can only give you a, a few interesting bits of information that I have extracted down from a year's worth of research. There is... 50 episode long podcast on the internet covering this stuff. There are 10 hour documentaries. I have a couple of long documentaries in that sink. There are so many different bits of information on this. So you'll get so much more if you go grab that BitTorrent sync share. It's totally free. We're going to make it available to everybody because the stuff in there is historically important. Yep. And we want you guys to be able to grab it. And if you're on Filter Supporter, you'll also get all of the clips, all the source clips for this show in your newsletter. You'll also get rewrite access to that JFK archive. That 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 is something you guys honestly five dollars you can't. I mean that's I think that's incredibly cheap <laughs> yeah. with with the kind of data and information that you can go back to at your leisure and have that back catalog. Mm -hmm. That is massive. Tell yeah. tell me if you get that from a cup of coffee from that famous place. We're also uh, we're yeah. also making uh, a, a single sync available with the last five supporter shows so that we can throw the BitTorrent sync Android or iPhone app on your phone and just download the last five episodes or if you want those. You don't have to wait for the email. You don't have to wait for an RSS feed. As soon as I'm done editing that, I save it to that folder and it immediately goes out to all of our supporters. And uh, I also have these synced up to an East Coast server. That way you guys get it nice and fast. Now, let's shift gears and start talking about the JFK stuff. All right. It's, I want to set the stage that it's not that crazy to question the official JFK story because the biggest watermelon head of our time questions it. Listen, bombshell comments by Secretary of State John Kerry on the eve of the 50th anniversary oh, of President John F. Kennedy's assassination in Dallas. The Warren Commission concluded that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in JFK's murder. But John Kerry is not convinced. He spoke to Tom Brokaw of NBC News. Hey, John Where do you come down on the conspiracy theories? I'm Tom Brokaw. To this day, I have serious doubts that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Really? I certainly have doubts that he was, uh, that he was motivated uh, that he, by himself. I mean, I'm not sure if anybody else was involved. I don't go down that road with respect to the grassy knoll theory and all of that. Uh, we'll go down that road a little bit today. I will at least explain what the theory is. Now, to sort, I think the concept of a president being assassinated is such a foreign idea. Not only do we grow up with sort of this mythology around the whole Kennedy assassination, but the, the, the idea that it would even be possible seems so ridiculous yeah. that I think if we put ourselves, and I, it's hard to do this, but let's, let's put ourselves in the 1960s mentality. And I want to I kind of build a case for you. Tough. You're not old, Chris. I know. I know. Let's, we're going to jump in the Wayback Machine here. Uh, so in the, in the 1960s, uh, the industrial military complex was not the, you know, um, 
It doesn't have the grip and control it has now, right? We have grown up our entire lives with it being part of our economy, it being established, right? But back then, it was new, it was raw. And the CIA specifically had just accomplished a few major coups, uh, starting the first big one was in the 50s when they overthrew the president in Iran, right? And then that kind of was a huge win for them, and then they started infiltrating other countries, and they were getting involved with overthrowing governments there. So the CIA was exponentially growing in its power, in its size, and all of this was built, and their lock, keep sticking around, was not fully firm yet. It wasn't a sure deal. So you have to realize that there was a lot of things at play back in the in the early 60s, and we're going to get into some of that. And I want to kind of take, let's jump in the Wayback Machine, and let's start with the famous Cronkite announcement. From Dallas, Texas, the Flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern standard time some 38 minutes ago vice president Lyndon johnson has left the hospital in uh, dallas but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded Uh, presumably he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become uh, the 36th president of the united states and he did he took the oath on kennedy's air force one airplane uh, with uh, Jackie Kennedy standing next to his side. The uh, thing, that the, the really big event that sort of put JFK in direct conflict with not just the industrial military complex, but really directly the CIA, was the Bay of Pigs. Have you heard of Bay of Pigs? I have. That's the Cuba situation. Right? Yeah, let's, I want to play this clip to just sort of remind folks of Bay of Pigs and, how, and kind of frame how it, how it impacted Kennedy. At a secret base in the Guatemalan jungle, American CIA agents had been training Cuban exiles to invade Cuba. This, they thought, would be the impetus for the Cuban people to rise up and overthrow Castro. The plan was presented to the new president, John F. Kennedy. Kennedy felt that a plan that he had inherited, under which a band of Cuban exiles were to liberate their own country, was one he could hardly turn his back on. Surely the United States uh, should help get rid of a communist dictatorship in our hemisphere. The CIA badly misled the new president, promising him an easy victory and an end to the Cuban problem. Kennedy agreed to the invasion, but demanded crucial changes to hide America's involvement. It came out later, and I have links to this information in the show notes, that the CIA, when they were proposing to Kennedy to do this, so the idea was, let's go in, we'll invade Cuba, we'll start up an uprising up there, then they'll, the revolutionary army that starts there will take care of the they'll rest They'll take care us. of the rest, yeah. right. Yeah. Turns out the CIA's internal, uh, Alan Dulles' internal analysis was like, no, we'll, this is a long-term thing for us. They, they will not take over, but the president will be left with no options other than to support American troops on the ground and thus will commit the resources necessary at that point to do a full-scale invasion. Oh, boy. That came out later as a declassified memo. But So even at this time, they were manipulating Kennedy with that. Castro uprising Just three days before the planned invasion, Kennedy denied any possibility of American intervention. There will not be under any conditions be an intervention in Cuba by United States Armed Forces. And this government will do everything it possibly can, and I think it can meet its responsibilities to make sure that there are no Americans involved in any actions inside Cuba. As Kennedy spoke, the invasion force was gathering. An advance wave of American bombers planned to destroy Castro's air force on the ground. The president worried that this might reveal Washington's role 
ordered the operation scaled down. This moment where Kennedy orders the operation to be scaled down because he didn't want the U.S. involvement to be discovered. This leads, in the CIA's estimation, to the entire operation failing because they didn't have the proper support, which they squarely placed the blame on Kennedy, that since he scaled down their air tactics, the whole thing the whole thing fell through. And this sort of played into this whole belief that the military-industrial complex had that Kennedy was too young. In fact, the generals had told him, you're too young, you, you, you're inexperienced, you can't be making these decisions. And so the CIA would actually they would take they would get orders that came from the executive branch and they would just plainly the generals on the ground or whatever the office, CIA officers yeah. on the ground would just straight up not respect the order wouldn't follow wow. the order yeah and so this moment when Kennedy says no I don't want us to, after I've just I've just said in the speech to the American people we're not going to be involved so you got to hide our involvement here and they they CIA always believed that led to the whole thing falling apart on April the fifteenth nineteen sixty one just six American bombers disguised in the colors of the Cuban Air Force took off from Nicaragua for a crucial attack on Cuban airfields. But with so few bombers, only three Cuban planes were destroyed. Seven civilians were killed. Castro's remaining air force quickly destroyed the ships carrying vital ammunition supplies. Mistakenly believing that this was a full-scale American invasion, Cuba mobilized all its forces. Without American air support or resupply, the invasion force was outnumbered and outgunned. Jack Kennedy was devastated by the... Jack is John F. Kennedy's nickname. ...fiasco at the Bay of Biggs, and he said it was a fiasco. He was not accustomed to failure in politics or in life. And he was more distraught than I'd ever seen him. How could I have been so stupid, he said. Yeah, he had said, how can I be so stupid? And uh, he w- he considered the entire thing to be extremely embarrassing for him. Detailed uh, discussions on not to uh, conceal responsibility because I'm the responsible officer of the government. The president, publicly embarrassed by the Bay of Pigs, blamed the agency. He uh, fired... Alan Dulles, longtime director of Central Intelligence, uh, General Cabell is deputy, and it's interesting to recall that General Cabell was brother of the mayor of Dallas at the time President Kennedy was killed. And John Kennedy's words when he when he fired him were uh, roughly along these lines: that if this were England, I would have to go, but this is America, and you have to go. Well. General Cabell never forgave him for that, especially for causing the end of a brilliant uh, intelligence career. And uh, you can't help but feel that that's not totally irrelevant to the the subsequent events when John Kennedy attempted to drive in an open car through the town where General Cabell's brother was mayor. So uh, he fires these two guys. And Alan, let's focus on Alan Dulles first. What's interesting about Alan Dulles is he was the first civilian and longest serving director of the CIA. Wow. So he had a very distinguished career. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, JFK slept with his wife. <laughs> so he really, this guy really hates Kennedy, right? He really, he ruins his career. <laughs> he sleeps with his wife, right? This guy, wow. this guy, yeah. Uh, so uh, Kennedy, after this whole Bay of Pigs incident, was quoted as saying he wanted to splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter them into the wind. He wanted to shut them down. He wanted to eliminate the CIA. And this is this is such a bold statement when you consider the fact that in the early 60s, Kennedy has inherited a 
a massive Cold War machine that the previous two presidents have just poured everything into going from like uh, $500 million a year to $60 billion a year. That kind of, you know, just this massive ramp up of the Cold War machine. Kennedy as a young man inherited from two presidents a war machine of incredible proportions. More importantly, and this has been uh, actually admitted to by the establishment historians, Kennedy faced generals who were prepared for a first strike on the Soviet Union because we had the ability to do it and their argument makes sense in the military world if we hit them now they're, they're gonna uh, we're, we, we're gonna win there's no retaliation they can't hurt us that much we can sustain these casualties so the generals come to Kennedy with a plan to launch a nuclear attack on the so- on Soviet Russia because at that point they hadn't built up their arsenal right so they said this is our moment mr. president we believe we can attack the Soviets We estimate they will respond in kind, but we will be able to sustain acceptable amounts of losses, and then we will eliminate the Soviet threat completely. Wow. This was a totally put-together plan brought to Kennedy, which he said no to, which they – this is where that comment says you're too young to be making these decisions because they saw this as their moment to to solve the Soviet threat before they had the opportunity to defend themselves. So very aggressive stuff. We had such superiority, and they said if the Soviets – uh, build up now, which they probably will. It's, they'll be, they'll have parity in seven, five, ten years, and they did. They, after the Cuban Missile Crisis, they did build up, but not ever to the extent that Reagan made that out to be, because Reagan was also crying wolf, as we always do. We cry wolf uh, all the time. We're always threatened, uh, but that's part of the mentality. But what I'm saying is that Kennedy had enormous character and courage to say no to the Bay of Pigs to Laos, to the invasion of Laos, which was suggested by the Pentagon, and then Vietnam, and then Cuba, which is a big one, which was the invasion of 62. We were planning it. So so Kennedy is shutting all this stuff down. He's stamping all this stuff out. And one of the things you got to understand is there are there are divisions within the CIA like uh, Operation 40. Operation 40 was a team of people who their job was to fuck up other governments. Oh they'd go in there and either murder or they'd finance an alternative candidate who was pro-U.S. or they would rig elections. This was their whole thing, and including political assassinations. Oh and at the time, like in 1961, Operation 40 had a staff of 86 people, and that was one of many different types of operations in the CIA. So they literally had teams who could be turned back around, right? There's no reason you couldn't take a team of assassins who are working around the world to do political assassinations and bring them home to do an assassination. Yeah, but, but you would think, though, yeah, they, they sure, they, they feel okay in doing it around the world, but now you're doing it doing against it home. Your, that's a way bigger game, that, right? That's a different game, yeah, yeah. would you think? You think, and I, that's why I think so many people find it hard to believe. But if you look at like all of all of the stuff that was stacked up against Kennedy, I think it's worth consideration. It's hard to really know. Right. And one of the ways that people sort of they work this backwards is they start with the Warren Commission. This was the Warren Commission was put together hastily to sort of get a, a, a full resolution on what on what happened in the Kennedy assassination. And uh, when you look at this, they they have a couple of they have a couple of linchpins in the Warren Commission report. One of which, the one that gets disputed the most, is the single bullet theory or the magic bullet, as critics well, call I, it. I saw a lot of the the pictures of that. I mean, it's like it's it, all over the place, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So that that theory takes place. Remember when Kerry John Kerry mentioned the grassy knoll? Yeah. Well, here's a little cl- real quick clip that explains what the grassy knoll is, and then we'll resume our magic bullet discussion. The CBS News nationwide poll indicated that in President Kennedy's case, 68 percent believe that Oswald was involved with others in the crime. Of all the conspiracy theories surrounding the JFK assassination, the grassy knoll reigns supreme. 
From this hill, many say a gunman could have fired bullet C, the fatal shot to JFK's head. So uh, the, this is the grassy knoll, supposedly. Is uh, this is an area uh, that was along the motorcade where there's a there's a fence up there, there's a white barrier, and uh, th- there's a theory that potentially there's a shooter there. And the reason the theory is that there might have been a shooter there is there's a couple of things like the Sapruder film, which was the video we played during the intro, where it came out a little bit after the assassination, and you can clearly see Kennedy getting shot, which it looks like. He's getting shot in the side of the head and being pushed back into the left. So if he was Lee Harvey Oswald that was shooting him, he'd be getting hit from the back and being pushed forward, right? Okay. So the The momentum. So this magic bullet. The reason why you got to have this magic bullet is there there was a third person injured during the shooting. A man that was standing down under the overpass, a bullet hit the ground, and Ricochet came up and hit him in the face. So we knew that if there was three shots fired, only two of the bullets made it into Kennedy's motorcade. One is the one that is the magic bullet that passes through Kennedy and the governor the, the, and, and, and injures them both. And the second bullet is the one that blows Kennedy's head open. And the third bullet is supposedly the one that strikes the pavement that then ricochets on this guy. Right. But in order for that, you, in order for that to hold up, in order for there only have been three shots, that means that one bullet had to do a hell of a lot of fancy tricks. And there's a clip from uh, Oliver Stone's JFK, JFK movie, which just kind of sums it up. I didn't find anything that was more concise that explained it. And it's a but, little hard to follow, but you got to listen to like how they describe how this magic bullet Now, let works. me ask you this. You said you pulled this from the movie. Mm-hmm. How factual is it? Very. Well, okay. I mean, as factual as you're willing to give that, all this that, stuff. That, I mean, that's what well, I mean. Is I know how Hollywood likes to yeah. throw their spin on things. No. Uh, so the guy, so the guy that uh, gave him the data for one of the guys that gave him the data for this particular scene uh, had his access to the research material. He's a New York Times columnist. He was hired by the production crew to go in there and make sure all the forensics of all of this, uh, the, the, this guy's about to lay out, were actually legit. So it was actually so so accurate that it sparked a whole wave of interest in the U.S., which caused a whole new rounds of investigations inside the U.S. government into the Kennedy assassination because this movie was so impactful. So this clip, I'll I'll talk a little bit about why it's not exactly accurate after the clip, but it gives you an idea of why the magic bullet is considered so magic. The Warren Commission thought they had an open and shut case. Three bullets, one assassin. But two unpredictable things happened that day that made it virtually impossible. One... The 8mm home movie taken by Abraham Zapruder while standing near the grassy knoll. And two, the third wounded man, James Tay, who was nicked by a fragment while standing near the triple underpass. The time frame, 5.6 seconds, established by the Zapruder film, they have no possibility of a full shot. So the shot or fragment that left a superficial wound on Tay's cheek had to come from one of the three bullets fired from the sixth floor of the depository. That leaves just two bullets. And we know one of them was the fatal headshot that killed Kennedy. So now a single bullet remains. A single bullet now has to account for the remaining seven wounds in Kennedy and Conley. But rather than admit to a conspiracy or investigate further, the Warren Commission chose to endorse the theory put forth by an ambitious junior counselor, Arlen Specter, one of the grossest lies ever forced on the American people. We've come to know it as the magic bullet theory. The magic bullet enters the president's back, headed downward at an angle of 17 degrees. It then moves upward in order to leave Kennedy's body from the front of his neck, wound number two, where it waits 1.6 seconds, presumably in midair, where it turns right, then left, 
right, then left, and continues into Conley's body at the rear of his right armpit, wound number three. The bullet then heads downward at an angle of 27 degrees, shattering Conley's fifth rib and exiting from the right side of his chest, wound number four. The bullet then turns right and re-enters Conley's body at his right wrist, wound number five. Shattering the radius bone, the bullet then exits Conley's wrist, wound number six, makes a dramatic U-turn and buries itself into Conley's left thigh, wound number seven, from which it later falls out and is found in almost pristine condition on a stretch in a corridor of Parkland Hospital. No joke. Mm-hmm. This bullet... No, this bullet. Have you seen the picture Sh- of the magic bullet? Have you? I was yeah, going to ask yeah, you. It's yeah. almost in pristine condition. Yeah. And it shows up on the side of the gurney at the hospital. That's where they get it. And if you go back through the chain of ownership, through the uh, through the uh, um, you know the evidence chain, yeah. Four the first four people that would have ha- had that held it can't ever recall seeing it. So the first four people in the evidence chain have never seen it. And then all of a sudden it shows up on the gurney in almost perfect condition after doing all of that damage, right? I mean, it's wow. just a little crazy, and it keeps going. That's some bullet. Anyone who's been in combat will tell you never in the history of gunfire has there been a bullet this ridiculous. Now, that version of the story, uh, it's not quite as crazy because some people are arguing the position of where the governor was sitting, and it would change the trajectory a little bit. Okay. But it's still, if you look at the original trajectory of the bullet, this the angle is still not quite, it doesn't yeah, quite it match doesn't up. Make, doesn't make, it doesn't and make. what really gets weird about this is there are multiple sets of pictures, some of which that indicate a gun wound that looks like he was shot from the front, and some which later were taken and make it look like the gun wound was an that was originally thought as an entrance wound later looked like an exit wound and uh the interesting thing about that is the surgeon the the surgeon who was one of the first responders when Kennedy was brought in in Texas he specifically remembers that he his first impression was it was a shot from the front we've seen from news photographs what happened here on November 22nd 1963 His views come from a small emergency room where there were no cameras present. And until now, details have been scarce. Doctor, the president we know was shot, passing on the road in his motorcade down below. And the official version has Lee Harvey Oswald firing from behind. From what you say and what you're describing, he was shot from the front. That's correct. Meaning there had to be two gunmen. At least one and maybe two more. And you believe that? I'll always believe that because of the wounds that I observed at Parkland Hospital. Most important. Today, Dr. Charles Crenshaw... Is- and I want to be clear, he was an expert in this field. Yeah, Dallas was stuff. Yeah. murder I, central. I've read about that, yeah, yeah. yeah. ...is chairman of the surgery department at John Peter Smith Hospital in Thank Fort you. Worth. But in the early 1960s, he was a third-year resident at Parkland Hospital in Dallas, assigned to the trauma team, where he had observed hundreds of gunshot wounds. Let's recall the scene that day. A bewildered First Lady, her clothing splattered with her husband's blood, stayed by his side as he entered the hospital. Among the surgical staff rushing into this medical chaos was Dr. Crenshaw, a junior member of the emergency room team who became an eyewitness to history. We ran into the emergency room and there was bedlam, total bedlam. People were running in, Uh, people were crying. Did President Kennedy have uh, any vital signs when you reached the... He had barely a pulse. He had an agonal respiration. He had no blood pressure whatsoever. 
Did you see the tide, his life in effect, running out? Yes. However, God love him, Malcolm Perry. He didn't want him to die as much as all of us. He started closed chest massage, pumping on his chest, trying to make him come back or resuscitate the heart. After the medical team had done their best, had worked as hard as they could and realized it was hopeless, was there time for tears among those who had put so much emotion and effort into this? Just before the cleanup really started, there was blood and bandages on the floor. His back brace was skewed on the wall. I think it got to me most when I looked and saw the red roses of Mrs. Kennedy in the kick bucket there at the head of the table. And there his blood was still dripping on it. I felt helpless. I wished we could have done more. I mean, here we had trained all our lives and we'd lost the President of the United States and nobody wanted to be around. And Mrs. Kennedy came in and she stopped and kissed his great toe. And then she went on the right side to hold his hand and at that time, she took her ring off and put it on his small finger. And then he was wrapped in a sheet and we placed him in a coffin. But before we did, I looked at the wound again. I wanted to know and remember this the rest of my life. And the rest of my life, I will always know he was shot from the front. What do you, I mean, this is the surgeon that got him in there right away. And this guy knows his bullet wounds. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Now, what's, what's also sort of hard to explain away is, uh, and what I'm all getting to is, if he was shot from the front, then the grassy knoll theory could be accurate. And the other thing we need to also realize is this this doctor doesn't have motive here. Right. And, and you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, it's conspiracy. You know, he probably hated the government, hated what the president was doing. So he actually or- hasn't said anything until this was actually uh, – this was a couple of years ago. Right. He didn't say anything because the doctor and he, the, the, his his senior doctor that was in there, they said, you know – we have th- we have to never profit from this. This is not the kind of event that we can go sell our story because this is a tragedy of yeah. you know unbelievable portions. Yeah. And they right there made a pact and said we will not profit from this. And so they never went out and made books. They never got and back then people the news industries would pay people millions of dollars for their oh, stories. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Uh, so now Jim Mars is a uh, columnist for the New York Times. He's followed a lot of conspiracy theories and he got his hands on not only the Warren Commission report but also some of the uh, evidence down in Texas. Right. He reviewed it all and he. He says that the evidence was probably tampered with. So uh, my unalterable conclusion after working for the review board for three years and swimming in that sea is that is that there's been a government cover-up of the medical evidence, and I, and I find fraud in six specific areas, which I'll cover uh, very briefly here. Uh, sure. And, and what would the reason be for, for covering up the medical evidence? Well, the, the real question is, uh, is the... Official story true was the was the, was the president shot by a lone gunman? Uh, was a, yeah, by a lone gunman in a building. Was it an act of uh, chance, an historical uh, uh, quirk of fate with no political significance, or was he killed by a crossfire? If he's killed by a crossfire, it's clearly a, a conspiracy. And then you move on from there to the big questions of uh, of who and why. 
So uh, the medical evidence is, is the key to understanding what happened in Dealey Plaza. And if you conclude that it's been covered up, then you've got a serious problem. Absolutely. And in order to, let's say, cover up a crossfire, you would then have to hide some portions of this medical evidence, photographs or what have you, I would guess. Right, and that leads us into the, the first uh, area of fraud in, in the evidence. Uh, uh, it's a fact that numerous autopsy photographs and two skull x-rays have been destroyed. Burned. I mean, and that's, that cannot be challenged. Uh, uh, burned. Depending on which, uh, how much weight you give to different eyewitness uh, testimony and sworn testimony, at least 10 and possibly 18 different views of the body of the president that should be in the official collection are missing. They're not there. Uh, Do we, or, we, don't, we don't know who took them or who destroyed them, I take it. We don't know who destroyed them. We know who took them. Uh, the review board deposed uh, the two official photographers, but, but ah. they're not there. The photos okay. are not there. George, uh, yes, in support of this, uh, the, we know who took the photographs and who took the x-rays. Uh, Floyd Reby uh, took photographs at the autopsy, and Gerald Custer took the x-rays. And both of those men, these are not conspiracy theorists, and they're not people trying to sell a book. These are the people who took the x-rays and took the photographs, and they are now on the public record saying that the x-rays and the photographs that the government is showing us today, that so many people uh, like Vincent Bugalosi are basing their books and basing their conclusions on, mm-hmm. are not the ones they took. Hmm. So in Mars's uh, book Crossfire that he wrote in 1989, he said uh, that he had a couple of speculations as to why who would who would be interested in killing Kennedy. He said uh, those motives in the murder of Kennedy were Attorney General Robert Kennedy's attack on the organized crime, President Kennedy's failure to support the Cuban exiles at the Bay of Pigs. Uh, the 1963 nuclear test ban treaty that he was working on, Kennedy's plan to withdraw from Vietnam before the end of 1965 could have made him a target. Kennedy's talk about taking away the oil depletion allowance could have made him a target. Kennedy's uh, monetary policies, uh, he was uh, he was against the Federal Reserve and was drafting an executive order or had drafted an executive order for the U.S. government to begin printing and minting its own money and not using the Fed. Wow. And central bankers wouldn't like that very much. Uh, and also, there was rumors that he was going to remove LBJ from the ticket in 1964. And LBJ famously, famously was, was a manic about wanting to become president. And I think that probably didn't upset him very much. Plus, a lot of people in Texas didn't like uh, Kennedy's uh, civil rights policies. So there was a lot of people that had different reasons to want to kill Kennedy. Could it have been Oswald? Probably, but I think a lot of people think there was another. But, uh, he, but he was probably not working alone, right? And and or and I would even say, based on the research that I've done, or was he an operative? I I, I think, I think it's possible he could have been there. I think it's also possible he wasn't involved in all, at all, that they kind of had set him up to be involved, that they'd planned for him to be involved, because he had, he had an FBI handler at the time. He had publicly stated he wanted to kill Kennedy, too, so there was that. Seven weeks before the assassination, he had publicly stated. What if, what if, he, what if this was all a plan, obviously, that he was supposed to go public and yeah. say that he wanted to kill Kennedy so this way, seven weeks later, that because they knew, you know, maybe he was goaded into it. I mean, now we yeah. look we look at these, uh, you know, these plots that the FBI stops, and you can see how they goat the people into it all along the way, right? Oh, sure. And they they could capitalize well, on the fact ha- that he that was that happens today. I mean, that yeah, happens exactly. With, yeah, with, that's, with the that's bombing, what I'm saying. Yeah, like with the bombing thing that happened. Same in playbook, possibly. Yeah, same same thing. And yeah. I think and I think maybe you know you look at that and you, 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 there's a lot of questions there. It could have been him. Uh, but the three amazing shots, two actual, two actual amazing shots, one magical shot 
is pretty hard to believe. And when you look at the Zapruder film, too, it looks like there's a shot coming from the right. Right. And there is a fence. Oh, oh, and this is the other thing. Is And, and uh, we'll have clips in the uh, BitTorrent sync that show this. Uh, after uh, Kennedy is shot, what do you suppose people's first reaction that they were all there along the road seeing Kennedy? Do you know? Do you know what their first reaction was? No. They ran up into the hill to the grassy knoll after where they all heard the shots come from, and in the train tracks behind the grassy knoll, three guys were arrested by the police that were hiding out in a train cart as it was beginning to pull away. They're uh, they're called the, like the three tramps, I believe, and one of them is believed to be a CIA officer now by based on facial recognition. So it's there's a lot of weird stuff that were going on at that time, right? And LBJ so was from Texas, right? He gets killed in Texas, also very coincidental, but lucky, right? It's kind of his home no, turf. What LBJ got killed in Texas? No, no, LBJ was from Texas. Kennedy okay. gets killed in Texas. Okay, you said L. I, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I find all that to be pretty fascinating. And then it all it all comes. The final cherry on top is is the pile of shit that is the Warren Commission. The Warren Commission is the most stacked, outrageous commission. Here's a couple. Here's a couple of people that are on the Warren Commission. Cord uh, Meyer. Uh, he's actually the one that uh, Kennedy slept with his wife, not Alan Dulles. Cord uh, Meyer, uh, member of the CIA. He he gets appointed to the Warren Commission. Uh, publicly stated, he hates all Kennedys. Kennedy sleeps with his wife. His wife, by the way, assassinated in 1964, two weeks after the Warren Commission report comes out, and she starts making noise about how she doesn't believe it. She gets shot twice, point-blank range, while she's out on her daily walk. Alan Dulles was fired by Kennedy after the Bay of Pigs, and he was the longest-running serving CIA director, and he hated Kennedy. He was appointed to the Warren Commission. (laughs) LBJ handpicks all of the people that go on the Warren Commission, all of them, except for one guy— totally just lockstep with everything, including Alan Spector, who came up with the Magic Bullet Theory to begin with. So when the Warren Commission was started, they they started with a conclusion, and the, and the commission's entire purpose was to prove that conclusion. Why? Was it to cover something up quick? I have audio in the BitTorrent sync of uh, LBJ saying, you know, we just need to get the, we don't need a, we don't need a thousand committees popping up investigating this thing. We just wow. need to get this closed. Some people say it was because they were worried about people thinking it was a communist plot and they worried about the military wanting to strike Russia over it. That's one possible theory why they rushed it. I don't know. But this clip here just came out today because obviously this is all coming up. It's a little behind the scenes of the Warren Commission. There will forever be questions of substance and detail raised by amateur detectives, professional skeptics, and serious students as well. Even Walter Cronkite in 1964 might not have predicted the level of debate that still surrounds JFK's assassination five decades later. Today, forgotten memos, new interview transcripts, and renewed theories ensure that skepticism remains. Before he was president, then-Congressman Gerald Ford served on the Warren Commission. I Oh yeah, which is interesting too. Ford later becomes a president. He sits on the Warren Commission. Seems like a pretty good payoff if somebody's keeping a big secret. Firmly believe the Warren Commission conclusions Ford. were correct. The commission consisted of six pillars of American politics led by Supreme Court Chief Justice Earl Warren. At the time, their dedication was publicly unquestioned by the establishment. No investigation could have been more painstaking than that carried out by this commission. Commission members poured over evidence and heard testimony from 552 witnesses, including a gruesome firsthand account by the former first lady, one that only relatively recently came to light. In an interview with Warren, Jackie Kennedy described her last moments with her husband, saying he, quote, put his hand to his forehead and fell in my lap as she was, quote, trying to hold his hair on and his skull on. Did you kill the president? 
The commission's final conclusion was that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, but many respected experts look. Lee Harvey Oswald was de- declared the killer with within an hour and a half, practically, I think it was, of Kennedy's assassination. Which in, in today's day and age never happened. They were within the book depository within minutes of the shooting, going in there, going after the gun. Now, where they found Oswald was actually down the road in the theater in a cafeteria, sipping on a Coke, being totally chillax, not acting nervous at all. But that's where they found him when they arrested him. Okay. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Looking back at the report, find that flawed. My big sort of takeaway is just how much of this story has never been told and how much evidence about the assassination has been destroyed over the years, you know, or covered up. In his new book, A Cruel and Shocking Act, former New York Times reporter Philip Sheenan tries to fill in the original Warren Commission report's gaping omissions. There is this whole missing chapter of the history of the Kennedy assassination, which is what was Lee Harvey Oswald doing in Mexico City seven weeks before the assassination. And there's a lot of reason to believe that Oswald was meeting with people who might well have wanted to see President Kennedy dead. What did you do in Russia? So many questions remain. Is an astonishing uh, memo that J. Edgar Hoover writes to the Warren Commission in, in June 1964, right in the middle of the Warren Commission investigation, in which he reveals that the FBI has learned that several weeks before the assassination, uh, Oswald in Mexico City openly declared that he was going to kill President Kennedy. What happened to that memo is a big uh, debate among the Warren Commission staffers because they never saw it. In the decades since the report was issued, Sheenan and many others have been eager to measure the commission's sizable blind spots. At the time, the Warren Commission was considered beyond reproach, but critics complain nearly all of the members were inexperienced in investigations, and many lacked security clearance. So when, say, the CIA told them something, they sometimes just had to take the agency's word for it. It was a more innocent time. People didn't know that so much would be hidden Uh by these agencies of government. In 1976, post-Watergate, Congress reinvestigated the Kennedy assassination. A select committee concluded that the Warren Commission performed with varying degrees of competency, Uh that the Warren Commission failed to investigate adequately the possibility of a conspiracy to assassinate the president. Uh Scientific acoustical evidence establishes a high probability that two gunmen fired at JFK. The committee concluded the committee believed, quote, that President John F. Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. The 1976 committee study found that the Warren report, quote, arrived at its conclusions in good faith, but that the FBI failed to investigate any conspiracy and the CIA was, quote, deficient in its collection and sharing of information. But decades later, President Ford stuck by the committee's findings. That Lee Harvey Oswald was the assassin and that the commission found no evidence of a conspiracy, foreign or domestic. According to a recent Gallup poll, 61% of Americans believe Lee Harvey Oswald did not act alone in Dallas 50 years ago. So, all you conspiracy theorists, so-called, are in good company. Pretty crazy, yeah. They said there the the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations, which was assembled after Watergate, when they're like, holy shit, maybe we are a bunch of corrupt bastards. We should look into some of this stuff. Uh, it concluded that Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. I, I want to underscore, this is the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations, concluding that President Kennedy was probably assassinated as a result of a conspiracy with a high probability that two gunmen fired at the president. That's a Senate committee that came to that, that conclusion. That's a big bombshell. That's huge. That is kind of a big deal. 
that nobody th- talks about that. Th- and and nobody talks about that. And and obviously, you know, our generation of of parents and people who grew up th- in that, you know, they I think they're part of the generation where well, if the government says so, it then you have to believe them, yeah. right? And and, and you, you don't know, question. We didn't we didn't question the news media either back then. I mean, Cronkite was a god, right? He he, he was the man, right? I mean, yeah. so and this was their shining moment. Lee Harvey Oswald was the first assassination on live TV when he was shot. Uh, you know, JFK killed on a Friday. By Monday, Lee Ar- Harvey Oswald is dead. Who was who shot was, by Jack Ruby? Who was on that House Select Committee? Do we know? On the uh, Select Committee of Assassinations, I actually think that committee could still be around too. I don't know. I think it rotates because I think they're actually still established. They're just not active. Okay. I mean, do we know who it was back who, then? Yeah. No, it was like the it was like the mid '70s. So I don't know who it was in play back then. Wow. Post Nixon stuff. I, I'd just be curious to see who, who's on that committee then. Yeah. That made these findings, right? And if they still exist in some government capacity to get today, because by saying that, I mean you would figure that some of them could jeopardize their political futures. Yeah. And they would be known not to uh, was, have good jobs in the future. That was the heaviest language they got. Like, they didn't point fingers at anybody, really. No, but it is pretty – yeah, you're right. It's heavy, though. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, because the ramifications – so, you know, over the period of researching this, I've I've – I've I've really come to the belief that he was probably assassinated by multiple by some sort of conspiracy. Now, is it a is it was Lee Harvey Oswald involved? Was it the mob? Was it Cuban somebody? Was, was, was it the government? Was it, we yeah, don't, the CIA, we don't know. I don't know. But I I mean I've really come to a process through the research where I really came to terms with the fact that holy shit we actually killed our president. Yeah, and and you know what I uh, I mean I I've. I've not expressed my feelings about it to you uh, or to many people just because, you know, I, I've i had, you know, there, I didn't grow up during that time. But, you know, I, I, I'm i a little bit of a historian and I like reading about our former presidents. And, and when I look back at Kennedy and obviously, you know, when you look at John F. Kennedy Boulevard and you look at the Kennedy Space the Center. The name, right? The it's name, just, I mean, the name is so strong. Yeah. And when I think of the name and I think of the – as a tech guy – and I look at what he's done as far as for space, and when when he was assassinated, and I think about it, I don't think it was one guy. Yeah. I th- you know when I look at it when I look at it from uh, from an analytical perspective, the 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 stupid crazy fucked up magic bullet theory it's it's, it's retarded. And no it's, no sane person right. in this world right. find me somebody yeah. that will say oh yeah that that's, that's totally possible. One in a Bullshit. trillion lifetime shot and it happens to be the most powerful man in the world. And it, to me it honestly looks like a military style execution. You had probably somebody shooting from the back and you had somebody shooting from the front because if you're going to go the, through with this you get it done. You do not not kill him. I mean the other that's thing not an option. I mean uh, was uh, was there any uh, I, I don't know if they did this at the time, but hmm. uh, I mean, obviously, what if there was some sort of radio communications happening between the alleged yeah. multiple gunmen? If there, oh, you know, oh, I don't know about one, that. two, three, shoot, or we all synchronize our watches think, and we shoot. I think at it this was based time. on just where the car was at. Uh, that's true. So you know, I think they come around the corner, they take a hundred and eighty degree to turn, which was actually outside Secret Service regulations; they're not supposed to take turns that that were that that uh, sharp. Yeah, uh, they come around the corner. Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald or whoever's up in the up in the book depository takes their shots. They don't finish the job. They shoot Kennedy in the throat. And if you watch the Sapruder film, you can see Kennedy reach up and grab his throat. And then when he doesn't get the job done, the shooter from the grassy knoll takes him out by shooting him in the head. It, it, it's frustrating to think that 
obviously the government uh, very imp- not proficient in, in telling us what's going on because that makes me feel like they were obviously involved in the conspiracy. Yeah, or at least some. F- uh, and the way the medical the records government. get all screwed up, right? And we've also had two deathbed confessions of people who've tied it back to LBJ. They've, they've, they've. So here's what they've said. Okay. Um, both of them on there, and I have one of, I have a clip of one of it in the BitTorrent sync. Uh, I also have a clip about all of the places JFK's names used. Uh, LBJ was called the CEO of the big event by these guys, so they called it internally the big event. They had a crew where they would go and uh, I, I don't know who, who it was from, but supposedly that he would he would work through somebody and he was the one calling the final shots. I, I don't know if it's true or not, I, but that's what they claim. I just want to know. I mean, obviously, I know there are some people out there who feel that Oswald did it. Yeah, he, he did it on his own. I'd sure prefer that theory. Uh, you know that that would obviously make me feel more comfortable to know yeah. that my government isn't being so bad. I know right. they are being bad now, right. but they weren't so being bad. But here's here's what I don't understand, Chris. If if he is truly alone, what about the evidence that that talks about? The so we that means you have to believe in the magic bullet theory. Does that mean you have to believe in that? Yeah, that's the only I, way for him to have shot him from. Up I there. cannot, and my sorry, my analytical mind does not work that way. I, I cannot say a bullet cannot do that. I don't care if it's tumbling, I yeah. don't care if the wind's there's, 90 degrees. There's a couple yeah. variations of the magic bullet theory, but how no matter how you stack the guys in the car and where you position them, it's still the most incredible shot of you know ever. Um, and do you think they had the technology back in the 1960s to distinguish that that is actually possible? Well, I don't know. I mean, they had sharpshooters. You know, they had yeah. assassins. So uh, I look at it too. Is you, you, I've been I've been reading this book called uh, JFK and the Unspeakable: Why He Died and Why It Matters. I've been listening to the audio book by yeah. uh, James W. Douglas. I'll have it linked in the show notes. And it really goes into the, the, to the to the background of before his murder and everything that changes after. Like we doubled down in Vietnam. We were going to be pulling out of Vietnam. LBJ doubles his down in Vietnam and it extends it years and years, right? Like all of these things, the CIA shut down, LBJ cancels that. The executive order about, you know, print minting your own money, LBJ shuts that down. All of this stuff that happens after LBJ goes into office is an immediate reversal on all of the policies that were really pissing off the, the military industrial well, that, complex. And, and that obviously leads to the, the the theory that they were involved otherwise why would they do an about face on everything yeah how did i mean i know you've been doing this research for a long time i know you're very passionate about it fired up chase and you're always ready to ready go. to go yeah <laughs> now now that we wind this down on this very historic occasion 50 years do you feel more closure and it, do you feel that now that you've done all no, this research, no, no. or does it actually fire up even more? Um, so uh, I guess I feel closure in the fact that it does kind of confirm that we never get told the true story. You know, about anything. About anything. And when you dig into it, there you learn so much more. Yeah. I think it's one of those things, and that's why I'm kind of curious to see how this BitTorrent sync share works out, because I think it's one of the things I could keep adding to for a long time. Yeah. Here we are 50 years later, uh, 50,000, I think it is, something like that, pages of the Warren Commission, still classified, can't see them, don't know what they say. Don't know why they're don't know why that's even after another round of uh, freedom of information type acts I, in the nineties. I thought that after a certain period of time, things have to be disclosed. I actually want to say that LBJ put a seventy-five year limit on the records, so in, after seventy-five years, I think more stuff becomes declassified. So we'll know in what twenty twenty something. I guess so. So we'll know in our lifetime. Yeah, we will know. Yeah, and in the meantime, I mean, you just keep stacking. The thing is, if and this is what really bothers me, and this is I think what made me a little sick to my stomach. Yeah. If they can do this, 
what else can they do? What else are the, how far, how, I mean, it seems like if you can go that far, how far can you go? And, and this else? is where, in, in my opinion, and, and the reason why I'm so um, not against the topic, and I, I wanted to be very abundantly clear that I'm not against it, but it's uncomfortable though. Well, it's not only uncomfortable, but it, it starts throwing this pessimistic, yeah. sad, like, what the what what kind of effed up world are we living in especially in our own local world and where obviously we have you know people who run away and try to immigrate illegally into our country because they believe and they feel in their heart that America is such a better place but once you get here and you really start opening your eyes to what our government and what companies and what things are are going on after doing all this research and reading all these stories, it makes me feel so disgusted mm. and makes you start feeling that you're losing hope in situations. I look at it like today, I don't think it could happen. Like back then, it was a raw power. They There was territory to claim. They had yeah. to defend their territory. There was a lot of it – was, it, was, it was a very aggressive military, right? Now, it's all been codified. It's all been in, industrialized, standardized. Policies have been laid in, layers of management. It's not going anywhere. They're not, their turf isn't threatened anymore. Right. I, I feel like it would never happen today. But looking back at it, yeah, it's, you know, it's also not unique to our country. It has right. happened in other countries. It'll yeah. probably happen again in some other country. And so it is just it is, it is a very interesting part of our human history. Who knows? If it was a lone gunman up in that book depository on the sixth floor, um, then it's still a tragedy. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's It's a frustrating situation. And, and I know a lot of people are trying to escape uh, bad things that are happening in, in, their, in their lands and, and where they're coming from, like, you know, people in Mexico – Obviously, you know, their governments can be corrupt. Uh, you know, their living conditions are, could be a lot worse than ours. Uh, but one thing that I don't think they realize and a lot of people that come here is they don't – sometimes they don't really look at our history. They they don't look deep into what's what are the things, and that's why we talk about them on yeah. this show. Yeah. But they, they should actually just uh, – we you know, it's an MP3. They can just download it. This and, is – so this is the thing is like they're able to get away with it, and I think that's – the long term, and I don't know if we're going to get to be the generation that benefits from this, but as long as they don't shut down the internet, we are we are so much better now at distributing information. Well, you get companies, uh, you know, you get major ISPs that are trying to traffic shape, yeah, that are yeah. trying to limit and yeah. cap, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and try to really shut things down on copyright yeah. reasons and stuff. Oh, I know, I know. We, it is tough to say what'll happen. I, it's, it is a micro version of that though with this BitTorrent sync thing we're doing. This yeah. is a repository of a shit. T- there is uh, um, a series of documentaries in this BitTorrent sync repository called Evidence of Revision, and the guy took basically news clips and uh, and a bunch of footage from that time and assembles basically a timeline narrative of what happens without really narrating it. Yeah. So you can just watch the raw feed. He doesn't draw you to any conclusions. You just watch and it happen. And the, the power of that is so incredible. One guy posts that series of videos. I watch it. And then this goes out to tens of thousands of people. And then maybe a hundred of those people will go get that repository and they'll go through all of it and they'll share it with other people. It spreads like a virus. I that, mean, that is the, that is the, that's the positive lining. You know, the one thing I've been doing more and more, and, you know, it, 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 you know, it leaked out today, earlier today. You know, I, I used to, Chris, never st- reply to, to threads and, and, and jump in the conversation. And I'm starting to do that more and more because I feel like if I don't stand up and say something to people, to the, the strangers that I have no idea who they are, they're never going to at least open their minds. And I think the whole point and purpose of doing this show and talking about JFK 50 years later after the fact is – 
to give you a perspective. I mean, we're not ma- trying to make you agree or disagree with us. We want to give you thoughts to ponder and then do the research on your own. I think that's the most important yeah. thing. And that's a the lot only of thing we do can that. do. You yeah. know, we, you know, the, the, we can't really go any further than that because you, there's no real, there's no real firm answers out yeah. there at this point. And, and, the, and the problem is, how can you find the real answers? And we may never find yeah. the real answers yeah. either from the government right. or from people who have their agendas uh, to push it a different way. We'll never know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I you know, I walk away from this, and I, I think it as has changed. As I take changed... my pharmaceuticals and did right. depression medication, <laughs> as I walk away from this, I think it has kind of changed my outlook a little bit on the past. It, it is, it's pretty. I mean, the one thing I, you know, I, I'm not going to have kids, uh, not because I, I can't have them, because I don't want to. Mm. Uh, and you know, I, I made that decision many, many years ago. My wife and I, uh, we we call it the ultimate deal breaker. If you, either one of us has wants to have kids, we're, we're done with each other. <laughs> Uh, but but here you are, Chris. You know you're you're a family guy. Uh-huh. You got three kids with probably what five more on the way. I hope. I mean, uh, I got some boning to do. Yeah, you, <laughs> hey, no. Hey, uh, but but Chris, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you're a father. Okay, you are you, the times that we are living in right now are the most craziest, convoluted in our history. I mean, with the NSA and everything, all the crap that is happening. How do you, how do you explain it to to your little boy, Dylan? I mean, how how do you prepare them to the the fucked up world that we're moving into? This show is part of that. You know, this is an archive that'll be available for them later when they're older, when they're ready, and then have them make their own decisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really do think sometimes when I'm preparing the show, I think about them listening to this show ten, twenty years from now, going, "What the hell was going on back then? What? What? Why is my dad on on the crack? <laughs> why was my dad assassinated by drone?" <laughs> Oh, oh, sad. Uh, is that oh. a Red Book prediction? <laughs> no, I hope not. Jeez, that'd be. Oof. Um, so, you guys, you got to visit the show notes this week. Uh, so Very much intense. stuff. So much stuff. And, and you know, if there's it isn't one show, you guys, honestly, you know, I, I've known Chris here for uh, for a few years now. Can you believe it, Chris? It's times flying when you're having fun. Really, it's been a few years. It's been a couple of years now. Well, I, I guess so because usually after the two year marks, when I stop wearing my pants during shows, I get comfortable with somebody. Just, yeah, hey, yeah, no. that's where I'm at right now. Uh, but Chris, uh, you know, and I and I truly mean this, and everybody should pay attention. You know, really support uh, Chris and what Ju- was that me? That shouldn't have been me. It might have been uh, me. Uh, really support uh, you know what Chris is doing, and you know uh, I know we we drone on hey hey uh, about about the you know in our supporter segment but you know take 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 some time think about what chris does and his family and Thanks, and what he really truly believes in and yeah, well uh, i think you know and, and it, i, I think ahead. some credit goes to you because this wasn't oh. an easy topic really it's kind of one of those uncomfortable things to talk about because like you're saying if you have to kind of process it it's a lot to think about not only it's, it's a kind lot, of disgusting it's a, it's disgusting and especially you know in my uh you know, my world right now, where 2013 has turned into the most fucked up year I've ever had on record. Right. It's been just uh, one thing after another. You know, I, I, I celebrated the, the one year anniversary of my mom dying. Uh, you know, I lose my job. Um, I, I, I lose one of the biggest job opportunities I've ever had in my life. You know, a lot of bad crap has happened. And then, you know, we have the 50 year anniversary of JFK and there's all these other NSA revelations. I mean, the world is so bad, but you know when you have a show like this and you can go back and reflect about what's happening, what's going on. Uh, you know, hey, uh, support the people and support your friends that uh, uh, that that make a difference. And I think Chris, Amen to that, uh, Chris has really done so. 
And it's one of those situations where um, even if you can't afford the five dollars a month, uh, you know, there's ways to support the network. There's the Jupiter Broadcasting affiliate links. There's the the plugging extensions. Uh, shop at Amazon, especially this year. You know, for those who can shop, uh, you know, go for it and uh, you know help it out. And you know, it does make a difference. Uh, and uh, you know, this this is what it's all about. This Thank is the you, best sir. thing about the internet. So, um, you know, we should mention while we're talking about all this is we are planning to take next week's off, next week off since it'll be the night before Thanksgiving, and both of us just kind of want to have. A down week and just kind yeah. of get a get a breather. Yeah. Uh, but we'll we'll still be monitoring the feeds and if some interesting stuff breaks, we'll put out a supporter show. Yeah. You know? And if something major does break, I think we will be here. Yeah. Uh, but you know we've we've learned through news cycles. Yeah. Uh, that anytime Thanksgiving rolls around, uh, it's going to be very, very. I mean, you know, we we tell you not to watch the news, but when you watch the news, <laughs> try to do this for me tomorrow. Go ahead and watch the national news. I don't care if it's the ABC, NBC, CBS. I pick one. Oh, okay. I just got the shivers. A I know. Bit, and get your get get a little notepad out or get a piece of paper. If you don't own paper, go get your 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 <laughs> tablet. Pa- tablet. <laughs> and what I want you to do is I want you to note down all the different promotional opportunities. And you guys, sometimes you got to try to find them. Pretty crazy. I mean, you know, they'll do a story about uh, about gun control or whatever, and then you'll you'll they'll start dropping in. Well, you can go here and visit this website for more information. That's promotional. Mm-hmm. So you got to, you know, mm-hmm. it, the news is big commercial. And mm-hmm. so when you get closer to Thanksgiving, you know what happens? It's Black Friday. It's the big retailers. You know, yeah. Target, Target is doing a big sale. They're opening yeah. up on Thanksgiving. All, That's an advertisement, all you guys. Yep. Just, you know, what, do, what do I always say, Chris? You got to, you know, Chase, you always got to make sure that you... Uh, you show me the money! Yeah. That's right. I, <laughs> I love, love that. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, we got all a couple right. of emails. I thought, you know, last week... I uh, we we covered the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, and one of the things that came up is uh, the elimination of tariffs during the '80s, and how that kind of changed the whole kind of global scene uh, for getting goods in and out of the U.S. and becoming less competitive against the global market. And we had Joseph wrote in with some thoughts on that. Yeah, he said, you know, uh, we had a clip obviously concerning those tariffs, and he says the issue with the TPP quote, free trade agreements, and many other forms of regulation is that the government is attempting to solve problems created by government. The TPP is attempting to normalize copyright and patent law, which was uh, created to bind citizens in complexity and create industries based on disentangling it. Quote, free trade agreements are not free trade. Free trade would be promoted by removing tariffs and replacing them with nothing. If the labor market suffers, then look to its regulations, such as workman's comp and minimum wages. Any harm to the populace is primarily due to the state meddling, keeping competition out of reach, such as an artificial set of market restrictions that is quote, intellectual property Property, law. yeah, Yeah. IP law, yeah. Uh, No law is unrelated to another. Harm caused by an increase in freedom can almost always be traced to an issue caused by another law in the complex morass that is the volumes of U.S., federal, state, and local law. Hmm. Free trade benefits everyone, but the state always chases power, control, and, of course, money. You know, it's interesting, too, because he also goes on to say, if the USA is doubling down on control of copyright patent law, then the campaign donors are making ridiculous amounts of money on it. It's never about investors or artists or broadcasters. Yep. Legislators simply piggyback on the little people. Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah, so good thoughts, Joseph. Yes. Thank uh, you very much. Tom sir. writes in, you know, uh, 
talking to you, Chris, about the supporter show and oh, BitSync. Good. He says, hi, I'm a student in the UK, and I'm writing an extended project on computer security. Your clips of the Snowden leaks could not be more useful. Another student. Good. Yes. I would not know what to do with my free time. <laughs> Without Jupiter Broadcasting. hey Keep up the outstanding content. Well, you got a good supporter show this week. Right now, it's clocking in at, uh, boy, almost two hours and 25 minutes, oh, Chase. Yes. That's, uh, that's redonkulous. Know, that's, that's crazy. Lots of good stuff in there. Please, Not you guys, so. go take advantage of that BitTorrent sync share. Yep. If you've got three gigs of space to spare, there's some really good stuff in there. And if this episode has all piqued your interest in the JFK stuff, then you can go binge on that folder for a while. There's a lot of good stuff in there. There's tons of other stuff out there. Yeah. And uh, I'd be curious, too, if some of you supporters out there want to help me contribute to it. You know, g- give us your feedback on it. Ob- obviously, you know, maybe there's some stuff that we've missed. Feel free to send it our way. Oh, yeah, totally. I would. I bet there's a few things that we've missed that we'll get emails on. So uh, we look forward to that. Yeah. And you can contact us by going over to jupiterbroadcasting.com and, of course, popping that contact link Boom. at the top of the Jupiter Broadcasting website Boom. and choosing Unfilter Super from the drop down. Now, Chris, chicka I chicka boom, boom. Now, we have an Unfilter subreddit. Reddit. It's uh, at uh, unfilter.reddit.com. Reddit. Yeah, where it's a great place. People can submit content to make sure it goes on our radar, vote on it. We can take the temperature of what you guys now, think is important. Now, now Chris, I, yeah. I, I made the outstanding stupid prediction last week. Yeah, you said, and I said that you can never do this. This is your worst prediction ever. And I already knew what my prediction was. I remember it because it was a big plateau. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I've already screwed up last week. I had a terrible streak. So I got big. broken. You went big. I said, go big or go home, right? Right. right. So 1,000. 1,000 was the prediction. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, Chris. I'm, I'm very... You know, very calm to say to you that uh, that prediction was broken. Really? What is it? One thousand and nine. Nice. Good job, guys. One zero zero. What are we going to go to? Since we're going to be off for two weeks. Well, I was going to I was going to say ten ten because I thought we or one week, one week. We'll be off for one week. Yeah, one week, not two weeks. No. Uh, So I'm ten ten. Oh, but that's no. I'm going to go one zero two three. Chase. Yeah. One zero two three. That's hazardous. I know. So right, uh, right. 1023. Uh, remember, we have a great community over there at unfiltered.reddit.com. You can vote up stories that you want to talk about, you want us to talk about on the show. You can vote down the crap. What if I wanted to follow you throughout the week, see what you're up to, though? I well, mean, there, that's not a, at the Reddit. Where would I go? No, you can head over uh, to uh, follow me on Twitter at Nunes, N-U-N-E-S. You could also uh, see everything that I'm doing. So and- crazy, I tore a hole in the in the Redbook page. page. <laughs> Drawn a box you right can follow me on the uh, on on Twitter at uh, Geek Gamer uh, TV, Very and nice. and by the way, uh, does Chase have a job yet? Right. Very Keep popular today. site. I'm also tweeting out over at twittercom LES, and we want you guys to join us not next week, but the week after on a Wednesday over jblive.tv. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com/calendar to get the time in your local neck of the woods. I, I want to say to all of our friends in the United States that celebrate this awesome day. I know it happens in different parts of the world on different days. Have a great Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Fill up on the food. And we'll see you back right here back for the here. supporter show next week. week.